Welcome back to the American Dream. In season two, one of the things that's so exciting about this is we're not just talking about businesses anymore. We're diving into Definitely. the personal stories of the business owners, uh, the personal aspect of growth, ambition, and really whatever this American Dream thing is that we all keep talking about <laughs> is, is, is what I love about it. And I think that's my favorite part. Being able to help host these segments, you get to find out who people really are. And I think having the shift now, being out here in the real world where it actually happens, you get to dive into people's story just a little bit more, see where their passion comes from, see what they do every single day. It makes sense. Why didn't we do this earlier? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> We do it in the spirit of going against the grain of the negative media, giving inspiring information, and having people walk away from our show with something of value. You're seeing a disruption in both the real estate and the mortgage space. A lot of people just not willing to put in the work. What video does is that it demands an emotional response. You know what I love about the show? It's totally unscripted. <laughs> One of the things about a company like ours is as we're showcasing the American dream, we're also learning about the company itself, right? Absolutely. So I think listening and learning is what really makes entrepreneurship and companies better. Yeah. And um, then it catches like wildfire. So who knows who this, they're gonna expire, inspire next. And yeah. it's just, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Absolutely, being in 23 cities with New York City right now is such a huge accomplishment. And we're gonna film today's show at Bootlegger is great because Errol, the founder himself, actually came from very small beginnings and became something really impressive. I cannot wait to meet him. Yeah, well, I'm excited. Let's go meet him. All right, let's do it. Hi. Hi there. It's so nice to meet Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Oh, congratulations, brother. Thank you so much, and welcome to Bootlegger. Thank yeah. you. I mean, we just talked a little on the way here, but congratulations on your success. Thank you so much. Well, I wish I could take it all, but we have a great team here, so. Tell us about this establishment. Like, what was the idea? You call it Bootlegger, you had it on this corner. I mean, what <laughs> the was the smile. concept? Well, the great thing about Bootlegger, it's just a culmination of, of a lot of things. Yeah. So, I don't know if you knew this, but there was two other businesses, bar restaurants that were here prior to us, um, but we just hit it really well. Um, my partners, all coming from the bar industry, really wanted to do our own thing, and uh, we just happened upon this and really brought something special to this corner of the neighborhood. And we've just been excited to have. Very excited about today's power interview. Coming from the Robbins family, a name that everybody knows, Jarek Robbins with Jarek Robbins Companies is a performance coach going to talk to you a little bit about his story, but also empowering your American dream. Jarek, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to see you all. Yeah, you got a, you got a hell of a story. So you had less than a week left to live while you were doing charity work. Real quick, tell us that story. Um, so I was working teaching organic farming in a village over in Uganda, and I got malaria twice. There was no running water, no toilets, no electricity, just rural farming village. And we were teaching them how to retail the land that had been poisoned by some illegal pesticides that were sold to the local farmers there. And so in the work, uh, malaria was rampant. And so I got malaria. And I remember sitting down at 20 years old thinking, A, that was not the plan. <laughs> that was never <laughs> what we wanted to accomplish. Um, and, and then B, the, the concept of what am I going to do? Like, I can't get home to see my family. Um, my bucket list seemed to now fade away because 
I, how am I going to buy a house, start a business, finish school and do all the things I wanted to do? And then what it really came down to, if I was going to have any chance at having some type of dream life in that moment, I had to redesign what my daily life was going to look like for these next six days to figure out how to make it a life that I, I, I lived fully, I loved deeply, and hopefully I did something that mattered far beyond my physical presence here on this planet. And so that became the goal. I called it you know, designing my ideal day, which was how would you design the type of day where if you died at the end of that day, you would high five yourself on the way out and feel damn proud that you did it. Well, pretty incredible story. What I love about what you're doing now is, you know, we, we see online, there's a lot of coaches and life coaches. You're, you're niched in a unique way where you're a performance coach. So you work with entrepreneurs, business owners who already have their act together, but you're actually enhancing their performance. Explain what that means to you. Um, so it's really simple. We look at people who, like you said, they have their act together, they're doing good, but deep down inside, they know they could be doing better. And so we look at them and we look at them from a human standpoint and say, how's your sleep? You know, the sweet spot for sleep is seven and a half to eight hours of sleep per night. If you're getting less than five after two days, you're considered cognitively the equivalent of being drunk in the way you psychologically make decisions and perform. So wow. seven and a half to eight hours of sleep and is it high quality sleep? Are you getting high REM sleep, which allows your glial cells to cleanse your brain and, and get the neurotoxins out? Are you getting deep sleep, which replenishes your body and makes you stronger and, and, and more capable and replenishes you, you for the next day? So we use a meditation device. It's a medical grade EEG scan of their brain every morning. I have a dashboard that I can see how well they're able to calm and clear their brain waves every morning. So we know that they're able to stay aware of the chaos, yet totally focused on the task at hand. And if you can't do it for 10 minutes in the morning, I guarantee you can't do it throughout the day. So, so what's, that fasc kind of stuff. what's fascinating about this, Jarek, is you're not just speaking on stage and giving rah-rah around. You need to eat right, be healthy. You're actually measuring these things. And like like an um, athlete, you're, you're measuring performance and, and looking at yeah. the, the analytical things on this. Exactly. We're tracking the data, and we're looking at metrics, and we're looking for what's real. My thought is I consider every one of our clients or people we work with as a performance athlete, just like an Olympic athlete. If you were to show up at Olympic training camp, the first thing we need to figure out is how fast can you actually run <laughs> if running is your sport? Sure. So we put you on the track and we measure you. We figure out what your sleep looks like, nutrition, mindfulness. The one I didn't get to, which is interesting, is even your breath pattern all day. There's a little device that goes on your belt, tracks your breathing pattern, and it tells us when you're calm, when you're focused, and when you're tense. Now, people like to take pride. I've had entrepreneurs and investors and hedge fund managers go, oh, I'd probably break the thing. I'm so stressed. But here's what's wild. If you think of the three worst business decisions you've ever made and how much money you've lost, I guarantee you it was from a place of being stressed and not calm or focused. Hmm. And if I could prevent you from losing that amount of money just by helping you notice you're stressed and getting you to breathe and get back to focus, boom. It's, it's amazing what it does for people. Jarek, thanks for much, so much for coming on the show. You got an incredible journey. I know the best is still to come with you. Thank you for sharing it on our show here today. We'll have you on again soon. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What better illustration of the American dream than Jarek Robbins? What a great story. All right. More of the show coming up next. Wow. They're killing it in the market. Speaking of killing it, how you doing here? Yes. Bootlegger's crushing it. Right? Yeah. So I've been staring at this bell all day. 
What's up with the bell? So funny story is uh, when we first opened, as you can tell, there's a fire truck going here almost every five minutes. Uh, we wanted to do something with that. And at the same time, this new spirit came on board, like called Fireball. I'm sure you've heard of it. I love Fireball. Yeah. So every time the fire truck comes around, we do this. $4 shots of Fireball. And the place goes nuts. There's nothing little about Little Italy. This place has a big personality, and you have to come here with a pretty big appetite. And now with the addition of these beautiful common areas, it feels like you're taking a step out of San Diego right into an authentic Italian piazza. Chad, one of my favorite parts of coming to Little Italy is eating out at the amazing restaurants, but then I feel the need to walk some of that meal off, and this looks like an amazing walkable spot in Little Italy. Where are we today? Yeah, Little Italy is probably one of the best neighborhoods in downtown San Diego for sure, and certainly one of the most walkable neighborhoods. We're right now at Piazza della Familia, which is one of the newest additions to public spaces in the Little Italy neighborhood. And we're here with Marco Lamandri, who was actually born and raised in Little Italy, and he's been working with Little Italy on the development of the community for the last 20 years. Marco, what was the inspiration for this beautiful space? Well, this is the Piazza della Familia, as Chad had said, stated, and we realized in 2001, 2002, that what really makes an area great are good public spaces, well-managed and designed public spaces. So we began with the Piazza uh, Barcelona at India and Fur, then we went to the Piazza Pescatore, which is at Kettner and Fur, but this was something that was never planned, it's just something that happened. So a few years ago, the Fenton Company came to us and stated, we bought both sides of the street, we were looking at putting parking underground in order to facilitate our southern building, what would you guys like to see? And they said, if you're going to do that and you're gonna go under the street for parking, we wanna see this vacated and become our central piazza. Just like in many places, predominantly south of Mission Valley, you have Kensington, Normal Heights, North Park, University Heights. They're all built with a town center. What we've been trying to do over the last 15 years in Little Italy is recreate the town center, which is the way planning used to be done before World War II. Everybody likes to know that they're in the center of something. So the Piazza della Familia is the primary space in Little Italy. I feel like we've just stepped right into Italy. We're not in San Diego anymore. I mean, this fountain is absolutely beautiful. Right. And it looks like it's got a lot of really delicious eateries around, them, right. around this place too. Exactly. Now, what's the plan on, these are apartment buildings, correct? That people will be able to enjoy the space as well? Right, there's, there's actually the greatest thing is that there's affordable spaces up here because we really want affordable spaces in Little Italy. We have the only elementary school in downtown San Diego, Washington Elementary. We've got Our Lady of the Rosary, which is gonna celebrate its 100th anniversary in 2025. And the food hall has really ignited a lot of things here in Little Italy, even though we have wonderful family-owned and uh, operated restaurants. And Chad had stated that this was something that I think is unique to downtown. I think this is unique to San Diego County, if not Southern California. Very few people are building grand public spaces that are planned and managed by a nonprofit corporation. But we did this in partnership with the City of San Diego and the Fenton Company in order to create a great public space where people could just come here and hang out. It's they don't have to buy anything, they could just come here and hang out. And it's immaculately clean. I feel like, I mean, I don't see any trash right. and I know it's a very secure spot as well. This is part of, we have 18 maintenance workers in Little Italy in our 48 square blocks 
and we have about eight ornamental landscapes that do all the hanging plants and everything because we have the best climate, if not in the United States, in the world. And the Piazza is so strategically located because we get all these bay winds coming up and the microclimate here is phenomenal. So this ties in, this is kind of the glue that ties in North Little Italy to South Little Italy to East and West Little Italy. And this is actually gonna become the Civic Center with the commercial district on India Street, the Central Piazza, Our Lady of the Rosary, Amici Park, and the school. This is what the unplanned plan is for Little Italy. And there's also more plans in the future as well, correct? Right, we have a Piazza Giannini dedicated to Amadeo Giannini who invented the Bank of Italy, which became the Bank of America, which will be dedicated on September 20th. And we have plans for a new piazza called Piazza Costanza, dedicated to Mitch Costanza, one of the great Italian-American women in San Diego business community, that'll be a Colombian ash. And then I think after that, we'll take a break, and then we plan to really redevelop and plan Amici Park as a great central um, urban park and it will have a lot of activities going on. Wow. Chad, I know this is, Little Italy is really your specialty in terms of real estate. I mean, a space like this, I, I can't imagine any properties even staying on the market long enough because of some of these amazing spaces. Well, I think that's how Little Italy became one of Forbes' top 10 places to live. Wow. When you've got all these amenities right at your fingertips, the San Diego Bay, Balboa Park, beautiful walkable streets with wonderful eateries, the culinary scene here is amazing. That really just adds to a community and the vibrance of the community and people wanting to stay and be here. So Little Italy is going to be thriving for many years to come. And anybody that buys just knows that things are getting better, as Marco says. So it's a, it's a community with a great history and a beautiful future planned ahead. Absolutely. Well, Chad, it's always lovely to come visit you in Little Italy and meet people like Marco who are so passionate about the places like Little Italy and developing them and making them even better and San Diego even better. Thank you so much for your time, Thank you. Marco. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. Thanks, Marco. even more awesome? What's that? Tom Cruise and cocktail. Oh yeah. And I think I got a little Tom Cruise in me. Well, let's see what you got, Tom. Okay. Oh, that was actually awesome. One of the amazing things about the American Dream Show is we have an opportunity to showcase business entrepreneurs and not just talk about their companies and why they're successful. We talk about the ingredients that went into their success, kind of their storylines. And uh, before we kick to this segment, you showed me how to make your signature drink, right, which is? The broken butterfly. The broken butterfly. And I thought it was so appropriate because a drink like this takes a lot of simple ingredients to make an amazing thing, just like a company or a great story. So I'm gonna to try to recreate this drink right now while Errol tells us how he went from bar back to tech entrepreneur in 10 years. Yeah. Start off as a bar back way back in Maryland when I, before I moved out here. And I used working in the industry just to get me from A to B, pay my way through college. Yep. Um, through all that, I really learned what I really enjoyed in life. I mean, I did try different things. You know, I graduated in finance, worked in the finance world, even little my hand in, uh, in the real estate. I worked as an LO for a couple years, in 02 yeah. to 07. Um, but through those different changes, through the markets and everything like that, I always came back here. Yeah. And fast forward to about 2009, when even though the market was not as great as it should be, the, the hospitality industry was thriving. Sure. Uh, so a lot of downtown venues that you'd see, I actually had my hand in helping open. So my first um, sidebar 
was one of the smaller clubs and then Stingaree was a larger one. Yeah. And so that story kind of followed me a long way through it, just all the connections and contacts and kind of how we started Bootlegger through all my friends that worked in the industry. But through all that, I noticed one thing that was always a consistent problem. I was getting about, you know, at the time, 20 to 30 phone calls, emails, texts a day from friends, even fellow um, business owners in the industry to finding a job. I never saw anything for like I'm a I'm going for the booze right now, go ahead. okay? Yeah, go Keep in right going. there. You're doing great, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is the longest drink I'm, ever, but we love it. I'm listening and making, uh, yeah. could you imagine if you were a bar patron, yeah. you'd walk right out yeah. the door. Well, this is what we do every day. Yes, yeah. much faster. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so uh, talk me through it. Yeah, so in about 2014, I, I was opening up a nightclub called AD Nightclub, which is no longer there, which is the ups and downs of all businesses. Sure, yeah, failure um, is important in yeah, success. God, right? Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, we had about a thousand applicants come in, and my partners and I at the time, it took us forever just to find our core people. Sure. And so with that, we were trying to dialing in the, the sketch of what industry was going to be, and that's where I found my business partners. I'm stoked. Yeah. Well, so let's get this drink So going. this is moment of truth. Yes. Do I flip this over? You're flipping it over. Okay, I'm flipping it over. And this is where you get to be uh, Tom Cruise. Tom right Cruise, now. yeah, exactly. Do I look like Tom Cruise? 100%. You know what, here's the thing. I don't look like Tom Cruise, but I am taller, and I think about that when I yeah. compare myself to Tom Cruise. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm taller. One of the reasons why I wanted a bartender is, is cocktail. Is cocktail, of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay, so. But see, I didn't want to be at TGI Fridays in Manhattan. I wanted to be down in Bermuda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, meeting yeah. girls wearing like flowy white stuff, <laughs> you know, on vacay. Yeah. So what do I do? Okay, so That's I grab this. Uh huh. Okay, and then pour and, it. Yep, strain it out. So, are, will you try this and tell me if I did it right? Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something else. But it looks pretty, it's the right color. Oh, that's such a bartender -y thing. Oh yeah. Is it good? Yeah. I wanna do the bartender -y thing. Yeah, see, right. that's tasting it, so you're not putting your thing in there. That's how you taste that's it. That's not that bad. No, great that's job. That's not that bad, thank, thank you. you. And one of the cool things about the American Dream is everybody has their own interpretations of it. While we're at your bar, you have all these great patrons here. Woo! I thought it'd be fun. Why don't we ask these patrons what their version of the American Dream is? Hi guys. Hey guys. So you volunteered. What's your version of the American Dream? Um, I think my version of the American Dream is being able to pick your passion and being able to follow it until you make something that you've created in your head for so long come to fruition. What's your interpretation of the American dream? You know, I, I believe if you have a dream, you go for it, you achieve it, and you kind of put it out there. You gotta put yourself out there. That's pretty much it. Live and laugh with friends and people that uh, you meet each and every day. Being able to start from nothing and make something out of it, right? You're not stuck in any kind of box. To laugh as much as you want. Uh, profound. So much for being, for being So there you have it. Those are so many different versions of the American dream. Right now, we're going to showcase one of the best brokers in your market. Check it out. Welcome back to the American Dream. It is fun right now to get to introduce you to Sam Hansen. He is Sam Hansen with Gaylor Hansen team with Loan Depot, and he is a dynamo to talk to. I'm so glad to have you in here today. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. We go back for years. You're so well known and respected in the community, and you are truly an expert in the industry, in knowing your clients, and giving back to the community. But I want to start off just touching base from your perspective right now as far as um, what is inventory? I know so many talk right now and schedule about inventory, and I'm talking to agents and they're asking questions. What's your opinion on that right now? Yeah, I love watch. I love keeping track of inventory. I love 
keeping track of market times. I talk to agents every single day, so I feel like you know we have a pretty good pulse on what's going on. Uh, January 2nd, 2018, just ballpark it, there was about 4,000 listings in San Diego County. And right now, uh, as of September 1st, call it 8,200. So if you look at that, inventory has doubled. Um, market times are increasing. Showings are slowing down. And what's ironic to me is that when I really keep track of household formation and supply and demand, there are more buyers than there are sellers. So something, something's mm -hmm. going on in the market that uh, we definitely need to keep an eye on. So then what do you see the mind of the buyer, I'd like to say? What yeah. do you see with that? You know, uh, talking to agents, I really think right now it's not a fundamental supply and demand issue. It's a, psych a psychological issue. Uh, for so many years um, since the recovery, this, it's been a seller's market. You've heard it called a seller's mm -hmm. market. You know, inventory levels have been one in two months. Um, you know, sellers and listing agents are asking for no contingency removal mm -hmm. or shortening contingency removal times. And, you know, uh, requests for repairs aren't really uh, seen as something they want to, you know, help, help too much with. And that's not everybody. But in general, I think the buyer is just taken back by, look, man, this, the seller has been in charge. These prices are going up too fast. Um, you know, we just need to take a breather. And I, I think we're seeing that right now. I got to believe um, it'll, it'll turn around. I mean, the first thing to getting more sales is having more inventory. So in my mind, the first step, you know, check, we're getting it. You've done a little bit of a research, almost like a, a historical look at buyers over the last years. And I want you to share a little bit of what we were talking about oh, as far as, yeah. you know, how many buyers there were and what's taken place statistically with this. Yeah. So, uh, in general, if you look at the demog demographically, if you look at the number of people turning 33 years old today, which is the average age of a first-time home buyer. Um, those births were, call it 1982, 83, 84, 85, 86. Just like us. Just like us. <laughs> um, our, our generation, exactly. correct. <laughs> and if you look uh, right before the crisis, call it 2005, 2006, 2007 timeframe, those people were born in the 70s, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76. Well, the number of births of people turning the number of births in the 70s was going down by the thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands, every year. So household formation uh, would be going down because of that in the 2005, 6, 7 timeframe. Well, the number of births in the 80s, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, those are going up by the hundreds of thousands. So the next several years in front of us, we have more people turning 33 than, than almost ever, which means house, household formation will continue to be strong. Um, Builders will need to continue to build houses for the people to live in. Uh, so it's an interesting time to watch inventory rise and market times uh, start to expand. So, um, but demographically, it's baked into the cake. We can't do anything about how many people right. were born in the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, and it's, there's a lot more demand coming up in the next four or five years. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. People don't need to be panicking right now, do they? This is no. st still good for buyers. I see buyers basically say, hey, it's been hot for so long. I think it's going to correct. I think we're going to see prices go down. And you know what? My personal opinion, maybe two, three, four years from now, it will correct. Maybe two, three, four percent, five percent. But what buyers really need to to understand and they need to be educated on is if interest rates go from four and a half to five percent, uh, your purchasing power and just let's say a ten percent down on a eight hundred fifty thousand dollar loan. Don't quote my numbers perfectly, right? Right. <laughs> but that you you lose fifty thousand dollars worth of buying power to keep the payment the same. Mm. So I think the buyers really need to be educated right now. They need to make informed decisions mm -hmm. based on facts mm -hmm. and not just 
you know, feeling and the psychology of, you know, maybe the sellers being a little bit un unreasonable right now. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's our job as real estate professionals. Right. Our job is to educate, 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 make sure people are making really good choices for their families, and, and that's what we're here to do. Which is why we always empower our viewers to talk to the professionals. Don't Google search and figure it out on yes. your own. You, you know, no, you know, it's like WebMDing, but for your loan, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the professional, because you can really guide them on what's best. You also do a great job staying connected with your real estate community, your partners out there. You've got something fun coming up once a month that you do to stay connected. Yeah. Why don't you share that real quick? No, thank you. Every uh, Thursday, uh, the fourth Thursday, of, sorry, the fourth Thursday of every month, uh, from 4.30 to 7.30, uh, we have a happy hour where our real estate partners and our 90 days of past clients get together and celebrate and have a little bit of fun and eat a little bit of good food and we move it around the county so so stay you know stay tuned for the invite and and where it's going to be can american dream partners come of course I <laughs> hope sounds you do. So fun. Yes. it's always great to get to see you thank you for being an expert on the show today and uh, we appreciate having you out in the san diego community making a difference to buyers thank, thank you, you for having me we'll be right back with more of the american dream well, that was a really inspiring show. I think one of the cool things about this new season is the American Dream is going out in the field and we're checking out business owners as they're doing some unbelievable things. Uh, Bootlegger here in California was a great place to have this show hosted. Tawny, what was your favorite part? My favorite part was honestly meeting Ariel. I've, I've been here so many times and just have no idea about the history behind it. It's just been coming and having great drinks and food, but to yeah. be able to know where he came from, and he never stopped, and he's still growing. Yeah, 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 and the drink? And the drink and the broken <laughs> butterfly is amazing, so yeah, I'm excited for it all. Yeah, that's the fun part about this business, right, is you have alcohol. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think you can do that in real estate. Without it, where would you be? <laughs> I, a cause of and solution to all there problems. Uh, maybe not in business, but thank you everybody for tuning yes. in. Tawny and I had a great time uh, at Bootlegger here in California. Thank you to Errol and uh, catch you next episode. Yeah.